Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 6 of E-Euphoria. Daniel Dracus is on vacation, so I'm Indiana Frosker Black, and I'll be hosting this week's episode. Now, a reminder that you can access E-Euphoria Weekly on... iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. <laughs> and this week, we've got the band back together as I'm joined by the LEC Colorcasters, Andrew Betty Day. Hello. And Christy Ender Frierson. Hello. Now, uh, these lovely gents will be awarding some mid-split awards, updating our team power rankings, and having a frank discussion about color casting versus analysis. Ooh, the big one. <laughs> and without further ado, we are going to jump right into the deep end, and we are going to be giving away our totally very serious and unofficial... <laughs> you were told not to call it that. <laughs> uh, mid-split awards. Now, how this works is we have MVP, most improved, and currently undecided. Hopefully, by the time we get to that one, we've decided what we're going Wait, to rank we're it we're figuring on. out the awards as <laughs> we go. We're very professional here, just like our pipe cleaner awards. Thank you to our lovely producer who made them. So, gentlemen, first up, MVP for summer split. We're mid-split, so who is our most valuable player? I mean, if we have to call it right now, my vote is going to be on Broxa. No. Um, yep. All right, we're ignoring okay, him. Okay, Frost, no. you and I are going to have a conversation about whoa, whoa, whoa. MVP now. <laughs> I will get can't the do that. I will get the cavil. So, Andrew's right. turn first. Here's Broxa. Here's Broxa. Broxa. No player has had as much impact in their team's game this split as Broxa. I think he's just had an incredible split. And yes, Wait. everyone's going to remember the two games where uh, he, alongside the rest of Fnatic, just hard ran it down. But like those two games were sort of a blip on the radar. And if you look at the season holistically, even with those two games, I think he's had a phenomenal year. Okay. So now Vettius, the... Point was, Broxa has more impact on his team's victories than any other player in our league. Fnatic are one of our top teams. And outside of recency bias, where he hard ran it down, Broxa has been very consistent because Fnatic is still one of our top teams. Your counterpoint. No, that's fair. That's a fair argument. No counterpoint? I struggle to give him MVP when um, perhaps uh, I put more weight into the impact of uh, what Jankos does as a jungler versus what he does. Because... I was thinking a lot last night about... Just uh, in bed? Uh, yeah, our top three junglers, actually. I was just lying <laughs> in bed. <laughs> you just lying back on your... You've got, like, you one think I'm pillow. Joking. I was just, just like, I was lying in bed being like, so what do I think about my three junglers? Um, and so, in my opinion, it's Zerse, Broxa, and uh, Yankos. Inspired and, at number four? Uh, well, no. It's irrelevant. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to talk about four. We're going to talk about the three for now. Um, and I would describe Zerse as the brains. Um... Uh, Broxa as Braun and Yankos as a combination of the two. And what I mean by that is Xerxes... I would um, call Yankos the heart. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I mean by that is uh, Xerxes, in my opinion, a lot of what he does goes unnoticed by fans because he's not flashy, but he is very intelligent in where he paths, what he's doing on the map, and how he controls the pace of the game, right? Whereas Broxa, I feel like a lot of Im- his impact is very felt because he comes into a game with a game plan and he's very good at executing upon his game plan. So his ganks are often very good. Like a lot of what he does is done very well. Uh, but I don't think that there's a huge amount of adaptation and thought in the moment. I feel like that a lot of what he does is just um, great execution wines. Okay. Uh, and so, like, that's why I call him the brawn, because he's really good at getting what he wants to do done. Whereas Zerse is more of the brains, because he's always thinking Adaptation. about how to change, how to adapt, what can I do in this situation and that. And then Yankos, I think, has become this balance between the two, where um, because he's in an environment like G2, where um, he's become very smart about the game, um, he's thought a lot about what the enemy jungler is doing, how he can react, and also his players are 
crazy. So he needs to be able to adapt on the fly to be able to control whatever his players are doing. But he's also encouraged to be a free spirit and um, channel his own inner creativity because that's what G2 is all about. Just so, play that all off play. Yeah, just <laughs> so like, I feel like he's in an environment where he's allowed to be these two things, which is why Yankus for me is a strong candidate for MVP because he's evolved into this player that is this combination of the two. And I don't think that like G2 as a team could function as well without him as their linchpin. The guy that's willing to play any champion for the sake of his team, the guy that has showcased phenomenal growth in both his understanding of the game and his actual mechanics and execution. Um, and basically I think that he is really important to that team. So. so basically, you guys took our two top teams in Fnatic and G2, not necessarily by standings, but I think by everyone's conversation, and you both grabbed their junglers. <laughs> the guys missing from this conversation, guys like Caps, guys like Perks, guys like Mickey, basically all of G2. Then maybe you go out to Xersei on Splice. Yep. Maybe you can even try to make a case for um, Humanoid, given a couple more weeks. Could be that in, what, the three, four weeks that we have left, Humanoid starts popping off and Splice become the first team, and then suddenly he starts at a front runner there. So do you guys think that, why are you guys going for junglers? Is there anyone missing from this conversation? Perks and Mickey are definitely the two that I really, really, really want to give an MVP to. Then why don't you <laughs> give it to him? Because I can't give it to a duo. <laughs> if we could give it to we the duo. We can give it to anyone. We have a pipe cleaner on our That's award. true. I mean, because like, that duo is so good now. It's actually unbelievable how strong that... They're like, in my opinion, uh, one of the most consistent features of G2. The fact that they're, they're so good. They're so smart. Like, I'm such a big fanboy of that duo now. But do you think it's interesting how when anyone talks about G2, it, it usually always starts with Caps and Yankos and it never starts with Perks and Mickey, yeah. even though they are such a stable feature, but they're not like the... You know when you walk into a house and there's like a, a beautiful like banister or fireplace or some sort of like focal point that everyone's like, this is the main selling yeah. feature of the house. I have a swimming pool in the middle of my goddamn house. <laughs> Perks and Mickey are not that swimming pool. No. They're like a really nice accent <laughs> wall, but they're not like the primary feature. It's funny too, because like every once in a while you'll have someone that walks into that house and they appreciate the art. And that's that's the game. <laughs> that's the game where Perks is playing Zaya and he has 500 CS and he's like solo, single-handedly solo carrying the game. But you don't always get the person that appreciates that aspect of the team. It's 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 fascinating because um what uh I had a really good conversation with a couple uh, coaches and analysts recently about Perks specifically, and one thing I was giving Hans Summer criticism for was that he relies a lot on his AD, on his support in order to succeed. And then the counterpoint was, isn't that pretty much every AD carry? And then I thought more about it. And when you think about it, a lot of AD carries are determined by how strong their support is. Then what right? about a guy like Kabe? But like even Kabe, I think Norskaren has held him back for a long time. I would agree right? with that. Like the skill disparity between or experience disparity between Kabe and Norskaren. So it's yeah. like if you're then crediting a lot of success to AD carries by their support, which I think the long-term point of this is that Perks doesn't exactly. rely. Exactly, that's which my point. I also <laughs> agree with. But then if we're talking about MVP candidates, I don't necessarily think that Kabe is up there even though he's had a very consistent split. Uh, he is dealing with, not dealing, because that puts Norskaren down, but he is playing with a very young, um, inexperienced support in Norskaren. I hear that there's some stage fright issues as well. So trying to get like Norskaren's scrim uh, persona onto stage. And like sometimes we do see those pop-off games sure. where you kind of see behind the curtain, you're like, okay, you know, that's what Splice sees in a player like Norskaren that he can have those big moments. 
but why is Kabe then never recognized as kind of the ADC who if you gave him Mickey, like think of the damage he could do with that. He used to have Mickey. They made it to a final. (laughs) (laughs) They made it to Worlds. (laughs) And Um, we had Wonder and Sinkux as well. Yeah, they they did. Um, oh, God, that's that like a, a good huge team. throwback. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that team made it to Worlds and they made it to, like, if they, well, I mean, they did try to stay together longer and it didn't work out. Um, Quick tangent the, on that yes. team going to Worlds, though, by the way, and I've never said this publicly, um, but in 2016, when Splice went to Worlds, Worlds were held in uh, North America. Yeah. And I was just, you know, minding my own business, playing some Master Solo queue, and this, uh, this account. Drop. Rolls into rolls into my game called Splice Hugh, like the name Hugh Mungus. Um, turns out it was it was Mickey in my games. <laughs> I added him onto my friends list. He accepted, and we had like a long conversation. And I was like, I'm a Mickey fan from now on. It was cool. What a bizarre story. It was yeah. a cool story. I got cool to play story. with Mickey. Okay, are we putting Mickey <laughs> on this MVP? <laughs> no. I mean, my so, still Broxa. Uh, and so, uh, so <laughs> I want to bring this full circle back to Broxa because I still think he's number one. Um, so a couple things from like your your argument against him was that like he couldn't adapt on the fly as as quick as quick rather as someone like Yankos. Um, but I look back to like last split right, and there was a game where he was playing Nocturne, and he just leveled two Dove bot lane. But that, that was Helion Galio. Yeah. It's a good thing that but, was last play. Yeah, this no, no, no. One. But like, no. But I'm using this as like because it's the most clear example of you have. He has never practiced level two dives on Nocturne. Like, I don't think you ever. Sure. I don't think you ever do that. It's like that's something you come up with in the moment that I think is really cool. Um, so you're saying that's evidence that he can't. I think be. But in my head, he I'm sitting there being like, that's execution and that's planned. And I'm sitting there thinking he's in the game and they're like, we want to dive bot level two, and he makes these things happen. Yeah. And but that I mean, is what, in my opinion, makes him so good. Not his like cerebral thinking. No, no, no sure, 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 sure. But what I'm saying is that that's not a plan that you like pick up in scrims, right? I don't think at least that you practice that. And maybe you come up that with like at the end of draft, you've got that's the play we're going to make. But ultimately, like that is quick adaptation to me in my mind. But, Can we um, appreciate the art and kind of write Perks and Mickey on this? I want to put Perks and Mickey. Are that's you okay what I with Perks do. and Mickey? Two people on yeah. an MVP award. Yeah. Oh All right. my God, you're drawing it in. <laughs> it's too. Give me a one. reason why Cap should be MVP, he so we don't be. get flamed in the comments. He shouldn't be. Did like you Cap, say he shouldn't be? Caps is great, and like I admit that this team. You guys are just exhausted by how good Caps is at this point. You're like, <laughs> yeah. that's too. That's too with the crowd, man. I can't. I can't <laughs> no, agree with all these sheep, man. Just, Everyone just likes Caps. Like it's. So the the argument that always gets used for MVP is if you remove this piece from the team, would they be as good as they are? Problem is, if you remove any piece from G two, that team is not as good as it is, right? Correct. Like we have. Uh, we said it last. So none split. of them should be. But MVP. you could also <laughs> put caps on any team and make it better. I mean, <sighs> yes, I suppose that's probably yes. true. Yeah. <laughs> and he's could, also been playing very well. But you put this well. bot lane on any team, and you could probably do the same thing. Yeah, but that's. I mean, this is permanent marker. It's already on. <laughs> I like the fact of giving Perks and Mickey their time as spotlight because I believe that Caps will probably get MVP of summer. Just. Maybe bold call. Oh, also, how know. can one player be better than two players? <laughs> you already wrote Perks and Did Mickey you not on watch the award. The final, he killed two players <laughs> as one. <laughs> okay, fine. I mean, I think he's better than like four Excel players if we go back to those plays. Okay. Touche. Most improved. Now, the trophy says improved. Again, this is for summer split, so don't be bringing your logic about nocturne dives at level two from spring. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, you mean so from beginning of yes. summer to I wanna, mid-summer? I want to start this one. 
because the last time I was on Euphoria, I had some very strong words for a certain player in our league, Humanoid. Yep. Um, because How's and, that taste now? Well, no. So here's the thing. Tastes pretty bad uh, because he's real good. Um, but ultimately, like, looking back on it, his first two weeks were not that great, right? Very low impact in his games. And yes, like, you make the argument he was on, like, more split-push-type champions, but he wasn't drawing a lot of pressure, and he had, like, very low, like, participation kills and all that stuff. Uh, the last three weeks, he's absolutely been on fire. I think, like, everyone looks back to the Kiana game as, like, one of the most memorable up against uh, Fnatic and getting that win, and he was a huge reason why uh, they got that win in the end. But I just think his play has improved drastically, and we're seeing him on champions. They get a lot more attention. Um, and I just think there's no other player that's gone from, you know, what he looked like in the first few weeks to what he looks like now. So Humanoid's a pretty easy one. I think the other ones that are easy to grab are guys like Abadage. Um, I think Nemesis is also a pretty easy one to grab. But the thing with Abadage, I think he came into the split looking good. So if your argument was from not looking at last split that, and we're only looking at within this split, then I would say that Abadage like, came in strong and has looked better, and I think that's thanks to the introduction of Trick. Um, so I agree that I think Abadage is a lot better, but I, I can't say that from beginning to split, to now we've seen group Larson would be the one for me that I'm like he's another player who I think at the beginning of the split showcased like a lot of stage fright and was like getting used to playing on stage and then in recent weeks we've been seeing him really perform exceptionally well he seems like that consistent reliable mid laner that a lot of people praised and talked about coming in um, but yeah I'm, I agree very much with the humanoid thing are we sold on humanoid? yeah anyone That's else? An easy one. Um, hmm in terms of growth I, I mean, mean I'm I'm riding it, so Yeah yeah. But I'm just other teams SK, Misfits, Rogue, Vitality, Origin, mm. Schalke, Splice, Fnatic. Like those are our ten teams. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm sitting there thinking so like I shout the name out and then in my head I remember the roster and so I'm like, okay, Nemesis would be the only other one in my head that you have to give an honorable. But even then, to. I feel like it's more of a similar situation. Yeah, to Abadage, it's a between it split. The, it was yeah. between splits, right? Okay. We got one last award. It's a blank award. Originally, we were going to do best team, uh, but felt I felt like, like it wasn't that compelling because it's just G two, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, do we want to do best runner up? I mean, I want to pitch best returning caster, but <laughs> <laughs> I like that pitch. <laughs> Uh, Who is it? Jat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't actually give that. Because it's about the LEC, right? It's not about Jat. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like some of the awards. Because um, like coach is always hard because we never get to see behind the scenes stuff, okay, right? Okay, I've got it. I've got it. And I already know Frost is going to have my side on this. Okay. Best shoe game. Single player. Norskaren. Exactly. <laughs> I can't contribute to that conversation. I don't even look at my own shoes half the time, <laughs> let alone anybody else's. Okay, what about like, um, I, I want to do something that's not obvious. So like runner up speaks to me because I want to have, technically I want to have a conversation about like splice or um, even something to do with the new Misfits roster. Like I'd like to give some sort of celebration or honorable shout out to those guys. What about biggest surprise then? Oh, boom, nailed it. Okay, hold on. I got to spell it. Talk about your biggest surprise. What's your biggest surprise, Vetti? It was your idea. Um, I think Rogue would have been my biggest surprise. I thought at the beginning of the split, they wouldn't make any change. Spell surprise. S-U-R. Yep. Sir. With a U. Prize. Don't say sir, because that's S-I-R. <laughs> <laughs> and then per, and then... So, surprise. You you're just making noise. Prize with an S. <laughs> yeah, it. it's prize with an S. <laughs> I like Rogue. 
Yeah, Rogue was surprising to me because um, now all I can think of is Rise. <laughs> like the song or the champion? No, the champion. <laughs> oh, now the song's there. Anyway, Prove um, yourself. <laughs> um, Rogue is, uh, was super compelling to me because coming into this bit, I was like, this team is not going to be any better. They're just going to be in like ninth, eighth place. Why should I be impressed? Like, sure, they've got... Um, They've got Larson inspired who might be good, but Profit hasn't been good in our league for like quite a long time. And I don't think he's necessarily going to get much better than what he's at. And their bot lane is Woolite and Vander and Rogue. No matter how much you tell me that Woolite is the godsend, I looked into his, just some of his laning stats. And currently he's one of our worst performing AD carries in the league. So uh, I wasn't super convinced. <laughs> um, I just think that there's an issue where you look at a lot of Rogue's roster and you have unknown names. So you have no idea how to quantify that and then you have uh, names that it feels like have been quantified. Yeah. I like the yes. idea of like, you know, this is their return, their comeback, the rise. Like, I love a good comeback story. Sure. I am all ready to jump aboard like the underdog hype train and like have his rocky 80s moment montage where like, like rips off, I don't know, his jumpers. He's like running up the stairs and like outplays Whippo on like a crazy Rengar play. Like, give me more of that. But until then, it's just super hard to rank Rogue coming in because you feel like you've already seen that this is a you know, C-tier team that probably might hit B-tier moments, but that will probably be it. Yeah. And they've been surprising because they've been... It's it's funny because they beat Origin Fnatic and then the arguments that some fans will use, or even some analysts, will sit there and go, well, the other team's lost rather than Rogue One. And sometimes it's hard to discern some of the good things that these this team does. And then you're trying to justify it and then they lose to Misfits. misfits yeah. And the way in which they lose is by doing like a really silly Baron throw as well. Um, and so like, it's hard, right? To sit there and keep supporting and justifying some of your arguments for like, a lot of the things that they do really well are kind of like, unseen or like they're harder to notice than just like well I noticed that Baron play Vedius and I don't think that looked very good and I'm like why well, you've got a good point for that oh no like trust me they're like they're actually pretty good <laughs> closing arguments Ender on Rogue uh so Rogue I think they're an interesting team I actually so I think we talk about like what we see and like impacting games stuff like Inspired is a player that has really impressed me so far this split and I think one of the reasons why we have seen them like beat some of the teams we consider our top teams and like lose to a Misfits is like he just pops off on Olaf like he just looks insane on that champion so uh, like some of those games like against Fnatic I believe like his or origin uh his like early game on Olaf like how do you stop him after he gets to that point um and then you have and then they don't approach these situations where they can throw around a Baron and then the Misfits game looks a little bit closer and then they get into some questionable uh later game calls um but actually for another team that I think is a surprise and maybe it's a little different direction than Rogue is Origin uh because I think we look at them right and they oh, were yeah. they were yeah. runners up last split and take a moment their... to really burn a team yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no no but, but here, here's the thing right is like they got through, or we thought they got through all of their issues like halfway through spring split, you know, because they started off slow, they fixed everything, and it was like, look, this is a smart team, they know how to play against their opponents, like, Nuke Duck looks on fire, this whole team looks like really, really solid, and they come into this split, and they are a middle-of-the-pack team, which is just a huge, huge surprise, and honestly a little concerning to me that they have actually just regressed from spring to summer. Well, I'm going to give you some more opportunity to flame because now we've moved on to the second part, which is our power ranking. So we have done it slightly different because every single time we try to do this, we always mess up. We always go over time. Um, and here we go. 
In this bowl, I've taken the 10 teams magnets. Now, Ender and Vettius will take turns drawing teams at random and placing them in our tiers. Now, the other color caster can ask questions but cannot challenge the placement unless they use their objection. And you guys must do it in, like, Phoenix Wright style, so... What is that? Oh, no. <laughs> objection! There you go. Okay, I can do that. That's easy. <laughs> Just don't yell into the microphone. Now, <laughs> each color caster only gets one objection to override the placement, so use it wisely. Also, to activate it... I was just reading my prompt. It says you must go full Phoenix right, which Betty is just did. So. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> Perfect. To go first, close your eyes. Okay. Andrew's going to go. F- oh, why am I closing <laughs> my eyes? Uh, you just said close your eyes. You didn't specify a name. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like reaching out to Andrew. And Betty is at the end of the table, eyes closed. <laughs> so are we putting these guys in the tiers or are we doing a power ranking one through ten? You're putting you, them in a tier. You're putting them in a tier. I thought we were doing a power rank. I'm so confused. Oh, Anyways, tier. the semantics. Okay, pick. Rogue. Oh, God. This okay. is actually such a hard one. And okay. it's also, this is actually exceptionally hard because normally we start from the bottom or the top, and so there's some sort of gauge. But if you get a team like Rogue who can very safely go into the middle, suddenly it really warps the gauge that you're playing around. Oh, no. I mean, if you really want, I can take this one for you. No, you all don't right. get to take this for me. You can veto me, but very I well. got Rogue all the way. Okay, so we already had a lot of our conversation about Rogue. We already know they can beat some of our top teams. They can lose some of our bottom teams. Oh, I'm going to say rogue for C tier for me. Okay. Why C? Why not so, B? So I think like they beat an origin that I don't think has looked particularly good this split. So even though, yes, like we would still like call them one of our top teams based on their spring split performance, I think that win carries less weight to me uh, than it would against like a G2 fanatic uh, splice so far in this split. Um, and their loss against Misfits really concerned me last week. Um, that was a good game. Yeah. I mean, it was a good game. And, like, it was, by, by all means, like, it was their game to win, I think. And they, and they lost it in, in a barren uh, throw, as Vettius rightly pointed out earlier. Um, but ultimately, when I look at this team, I am concerned that if Inspired is not on something super comfortable and if he can't, like, perform very well, then this team is not going to be able to beat the top teams in our so league. So you think that they have limited champion pools... I do, especially when I look like inspired, like inspired first picking Olaf is like, nice, man. Like you're a really good Olaf player. And like, he's played like good Rek'Sai and I think he's had good games on other things. Um, but I am a little concerned for this team if he's not on a high impact early game champion, um, because like you look at the rest of the team and like Larson is a much more passive style mid laner. What do you think success looks like for them? Because I think this is a very similar storyline, at least the, pi- the picture that you're painting to SK Gaming and with their high impact mm-hmm. jungler, they made it all the way to playoffs. Is that not success for Rogue? I mean, I would consider that success for Rogue. Like, playoffs should be the goal for this team. I'm just, at this point in the split, I'm not super confident saying, like, this team is not going to 100% make playoffs. Um, especially, like, some other teams, like, I think, like, Misfits beating them, and Vitality also looking better in Vettius, recent weeks. Do you agree or disagree? You don't have to tell me why. Just agree or disagree I agree with the just placement. for different reasons. Okay, sure. but we're both in C. Uh, uh, sure. They have spoken. Vettius, your turn. Touch the bowl. Don't oh, look at yes, it. Yes, 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 sure. yes, yes. I apologize. Don't I'd... feel them for the shapes either. Who'd you uh, get? Misfits. Uh, <laughs> we actually started off with like some of the hardest teams. This hard. See the, so this is the problem because in my opinion, I put, um, uh, I rate Misfits as a team lower than I rate Rogue. Um, but obviously they lost. So there's this recency bias that weighs against them. Um, but it's difficult for me to rate Misfits higher considering that in my opinion as a, 
team, they're very one-dimensional. I think it's. Are you talking about which roster are you talking about? This one, the, the current the one. The current roster. Yeah, I mean, you that's feel what, that you have enough team to be like they're. Yeah, yeah, no, because I feel like they're very, they're very clearly the same team that they were in EU Masters and uh, domestically, which is that they're a one-three-one team that relies on their two strong solo laners to have like they're like an old G two. Like if you think back when Hyanen and Wadid was the bot lane for G2, that's what this version of Misfits can be very similarly equated to, where a lot of the emphasis goes on the two solo laners, and you're relying on a high-impact early game jungler to like snowball these uh, side laners. So semi-finals at Worlds? So <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. So they take down um, RNG is what you're telling me. Um, but uh, yeah, um, you, you heard it here first, Neon will be the next to take down Uzi, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think that I struggle to rate them the same in which I wrote Rogue. So if we are putting Rogue at C, then unfortunately I have to put Misfits at D tier. And the ultimate reasoning for it is that right now I think that our league is very smart. And I think that uh, our, the understanding that a lot of our teams have about the game is at a much higher level than it used to be. And while I think Misfits is a good team, they're not going to be good enough. Or at least right now at this point, they I think that mechanics alone is not enough to carry them. And the reality is they should have lost that game to Rogue. They won because Dan Dan was on level 16 jacks and dived into a Baron pit, one versus three and killed everyone. Like, great, he's a good player. I'm not trying to take that away from them. But uh, as a team, they showcase a lot of weakness to me. So um, I'm just going to put them in D tier for now. Good points, Betty. I liked them. SK, wow, okay. Wow, um, we're actually kind of going in <laughs> weird order. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right, so SK have had a much, diff they've had a very difficult start to the season, I would say, and at the moment, they do not seem like they're showing any real signs of improvement to me. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. I think, in particular, Selfmade has just looked like a complete shell of his former self. Wow. Uh, I mean, I think it's true, though. Like, you look last split, he was getting, like, every single MVP. He was, like, solo carrying games for Why this team. Why do you think that he doesn't look like Summer? Or, excuse me, spring. So, I think part of it is just, in spring, he f he just found a lot of early game kills, you know? Why do you think he's not finding them now? Uh, so, I... One of, the, one of the things that I'm thinking of is I actually think uh, Sakurai coming into the roster changes things a lot because if you look at Spring Split, a lot of his kills were gotten around top lane um, with Whirlib up there. And it's not to say that Whirlib was a better player than Sakurai, but you look at their champion pools and Sakurai is all about like ranged top laners uh, who typically have less CC and are just pushing waves. I mean, so it's actively, actually just SK Gaming would say that Sakurai is the better top oh, laner than no, Warlord. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, but when you look at champion pools, I think it's just a lot harder to gank that style of to gank for that style of player because Sakurai is going to be pushing up his lanes. He's not going to have champions that are like exceptionally great at like diving towers or anything like that. Um, so I think Selfmade has just had less options in the early game. And but I also think that we look at Pyrian too as another player that's really underperformed this split. And if you are going to like try to make like multi-man plays on side lanes, you need a more reliable mid laner. So it's like both a combination of self-made not having as good a mid laner this split, as well as just not having access to early game kills that I think is really limiting him. I think the team's just worse. Yeah. Like, so where would you like to place them? Okay. So right now it's between C and D. I think C tier for SK no, right now. No, it's not. Put them in D. You think D tier? Are you, are you vetoing me? Are you vetoing me? I know, I'm just strongly you advising it? you that you should put them in D. Because, like, let's be honest, they just should be in D. Is that a veto? You make the decision. You haven't made a decision yet, so there's nothing to veto. <laughs> <laughs> 
D. Ouch. Just going to do them like that. I mean, what, they're in the eighth? Ninth? Eighth, ninth place right now. <laughs> so do you agree or disagree, Vettius? I mean, I personally just think that um, they, their approach or mentality to the game has shifted from what it used to be, and I don't know what that is exactly. But if I was to assume coming in last split, their mentality was we have nothing to lose, everything to gain, and they made playoffs. Then this split, they come in and they're like... Touch the ball. Um, this split, they're like, um, uh, we have to try and get playoffs again. We have to improve. We have to get better from what we were. And now they're thinking a lot more about how to improve. And I think that that process of trying to improve ultimately hurts you because you're now not doing what works for you while trying to be a different team. So I think that, yeah, that, yeah. Who you got in your hand, buddy? Origin. Oh, boy. You can just put them straight into... Oh god, I was I thought I had a convincing answer then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you have to put them in B tier. You have to because they beat the teams below them and they yep. lose to the teams. Well, no, they kind of lose to everyone, don't they? <laughs> yeah, because they recently lost to Vitality and then they uh... What's it going to be, Vetti? Maybe they do need to be in C tier. Ah. Uh... Nuke Duck and Cold looked a lot better this week. Yeah, put them in B. Put them in B. Because like the thing is, their individual players, I think, still carry them to B tier. The talent that they have on that roster is still strong enough that I think that um, right now, if they were to play every team in, their, in our league, they'd probably still like look like a four and five, five and four team. So um, I still have a lot of. Maybe I'm blinded. <laughs> you are blinded by the faith. But yeah, I guess if I was to evaluate them right now, they have very um, different games, right? where it feels like that they're very good at exploiting mistakes, as they often always have been. And in my opinion, Alfari is by far and away the best performing player on that team right now. Um, but it feels like that either Cold's approach to the jungle has changed or the team's mentality has changed or it's going through a growth phase. I don't know. Like, there's something going on internally in that team where, like... You think this is a strategy problem and not a player problem? Yeah. Okay. Because to me, SK Gaming have a what he's saying is a player problem. What you say is well, a no, strategy I, in my problem. opinion, like I do agree with the the Perian thing, but I also think like I think a lot of our teams right now are like evolving and figuring out how to play the game. Because when we eventually get G two and when we inevitably put them in S tier, <laughs> the thing that should put them in S tier and a cut above everyone else is because um, of how they have redefined how League of Legends is played here in Europe, and because of that what we talked about in PGL, Ender and I, was that because of that, it's like trickle down and it's challenging the idea for every single team in our league. And the likes of Fnatic have picked up on it and gotten better. Splice has picked up on it and gotten better. Origin seemed to have picked up on it, not sure what to do with it and gone a bit worse. And maybe that's like, it's hard because I don't know what goes on internally. I can only see from the surface, but the nuke duck from last split and the cold from last split isn't here. And like that's not the best analysis. I wish I could give more, but um, that's like the best I can give because those players are not performing the same as they were last split. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that Crownshot said on PGL that really resonated with me was that teams are just struggling to find an identity. So I think like that's very clear and sort of like your argument there with an origin and an SK is they just don't really have as defined a play style as our top teams at the moment. Speaking of... Fnatic! Fnatic. <laughs> All right. 
A tier. Any objections? No. A is where I would put them as well. Why not S? Because G2 not. exists. But also their last two weeks. True. And I think like what we saw in the last, uh, it's yours. You yeah, 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 yeah. Why not S? <laughs> uh, why not S? You know, the last two weeks, I think, have been a real problem for them, as any smart analyst would say. Uh, but uh, they, just, the they just hard ran it down. And we've seen some concerns for them if they don't get a strong early game lead that uh, players like Hillisang, Broxa, and Bwipo will go really hard like they have a 5K gold lead, and they will just keep dying over and over. Why are you guys not being harder on Fnatic? Because it seems like, um, Vede, oftentimes you bring up this idea of Fnatic have a one-dimensional play style. And yep. while I don't think that that's entirely accurate to their current form. I think that there are still remnants of left, <laughs> leftover pieces of it. Because it, to me, it does feel that they have been trying to reinvent the wheel because you are dealing with a new player. Um, but I feel like the systems that they have in place to kind of figure out how to replay League of Legends are probably left over from how they figured it out when they had caps. So it kind of comes into the same problem, but... I think, um, so, in my opinion, Fnatic's fundamental identity is that Broxa is their early game. Right? If he does not get ahead in the early, then Fnatic does not function as well as a team. I think there's evidence to suggest in the last two weeks that that is the case. Right? That's a large part of why Splice were able to stay even and even get ahead in the early game against Fnatic in the matchup. Um, in my opinion, Bwipo has actually been one of the better performers. And even though it sometimes looks like that he's dying randomly on the sideline, uh, he comes across to me as quite an intelligent player that generates a lot of pressure on side lanes that actually makes it easier and buys time for the rest of his team to get to a point where they can turn it around. Because the one thing that like, it's a bit of a meme, but it's also true in that Fnatic always get to a point where if the, if the first 20 minutes are chaos, you get to minute 21 and then all of a sudden it's like someone on that team goes, Oi, stop. Let's think about what we need to do and let's get our shit together. And then, like that, they all suddenly start playing on the same page. And it's fascinating to watch because they, like, they, for a period of time, they just look like they're running it down. And then they all of a sudden just click. And um, that's why I think they have very, like, surprising mid-games where they turned a lot of games around. Like, one of the most memorable ones when Caps was in that roster was actually their series with EDG. And you can make arguments that EDG failed to close, but at the same time, I think like Fnatic do a lot of good things when they're all on the ball and they all realize the situation they're in to like turn the game back in their favor. So um, I think they have quite predictable things that you can look to punish, but I also think that they have a lot of ingenuity and adapt adaptability within the team that still puts them very strong. And you can never really count Fnatic out, um, even when it looks like they're down. Who's in your hand? Vitality. You can put those bad boys in C. Nice. Any objections? No, I like it. I did a lot of talking, so you can talk a little bit about this one. Wait, but it's your... Yeah, I know, but go ahead. But you, <laughs> but you chose them. Wow, right? I like how everyone's what? like, I don't want to talk about Vitality. You talk about... So, Why the hell are Vitality I haven't had C? a chance to re-watch Vitality versus Origin. I'm sorry, viewers... Um, uh, my family was here this weekend, so I haven't spent no my excuses. weekend. No excuses. <laughs> um, How dare you spend time with them? <laughs> um, so I haven't watched them, so I don't actually know what happened in the Vitality Origin game. Um, but somehow they won. And it looked like that it wasn't like Origin making horrendous mistakes. It sounded like and looked like Vitality were actually doing pretty positive things. Um, so I struggle to really rate this team outside of what I've seen in recent weeks. And it feels like that they are another team that is figuring out their identity. Something that we've heard a lot from them is like they still have issues from last split that they're trying to work through. Um, the one biggest thing I think is that um, 
figuring out which lanes to play through and successfully doing it, I think is one of the biggest um, points of this team and how their bot lane has developed into the mid game, um, I think is a large part of why they're getting better later on into the split. But um, basically I think individually they're better than the bottom teams that we currently have right now. Um, but I struggle to put them somewhere in the middle of the pack because- I just think you guys have origin way too high, but that's fine. Good thing you don't get a veto. I don't get a veto. <laughs> Splice. Put those guys in A tier. Boom. Splice are a good team. Anything else? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> like, like genius, like. <laughs> Next team. <laughs> <laughs> so we should definitely talk a little yeah, bit about yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, so the, the player I want to highlight is Cersei. I think uh, he's just actually a, one of our most intelligent junglers uh, in, the, in the league. And he's a huge reason why this team is performing so well this split. Like, you look at Splice's early game, it's all Cersei all the time. Um, and like, I got, a, I got a chance to break down some of his pathing last weekend. Um, and it was like one of the first times I'd done like a super deep dive into what exactly he he does and it's just like very very clever the the things he can do and like most junglers would never intentionally start on a buff that they know is warded but the way he used that just so that you know I, I think it was misfits they were playing against just had no idea where he actually was on the map was just super super cool um who's in your hand uh, no i do want to quickly talk about some of the weaknesses that spice do have though um they have a tendency to get complacent uh, in the mid game. And one of the things that I think a lot of fans uh, don't appreciate is that the reason why they end up in late game situations is because a lot of their players get caught. And that's why I have big criticisms toward Kobe this split because he's, he's actually been one of the biggest perpetrators of this. No, he hasn't. I actually yes, yeah. he has. He's not bigger than Chachi or, Ka or No, no, no. But, right. but in the last two weeks, he has been someone who's been getting caught way more often. He has way nine often. deaths. Him and Zerse going into that last, this most current week, had nine deaths. Humanoid, Norskaren, and Vizachachi all rank either first or second in terms yes. of most isolated deaths. I 100% agree with you. Humanoid right? and Chachi have 55% of splice. Deaths. Yes, 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 yes. I agree with you. But in recent weeks, right, Kobe was the player that was getting caught out and costing his team their mid game, right? And the point that I'm trying to make is that that team gets complacent, right? There are generally main um, perpetrators in the likes of their top laner and their support in Vizitrachi and Norskaren. However, we've seen it from all of their players, the least likely from Xersei, but all of them in the mid game do have this tendency to take a path that they shouldn't be taking. They overextend in the lane that they don't need to. And these small essence of complacency are ultimately, in my opinion, what stop them from being an S-tier team right now because they have the capabilities and the tools to end games quicker or snowball their lead harder. But because of these small mistakes, they end up uh, in situations where the game gets dragged out and they have to rely on um, later game plays in order to win. So that's the big reason for me why they, they can't be S-tier right now. Who's in your hand? I think it's Schalke. It is Schalke. They're a beta team, but you should put them ahead of Origin. I don't know if you do it like that, like, or are they all in the same bucket? But if I were to give them a number, Denied. Schalke would be the number <laughs> above Origin. Um, Good thing this is a tier list. I think the introduction of Trick has helped this team a lot. I think there's even arguments to be made that Schalke could almost edge their way into A tier. Um, uh, whether they're there yet, I don't know, but... I think that the introduction of Trick has done a huge job for the growth of Abadage. Uh, and I also think that the bot lane is very consistent and Ignar works a lot better with Trick than he did with um, Memento. So I think 
Schalke as a whole have showcased uh, a lot of growth. I think that their team fighting is one of the best in the league. Um, I think that um, the transition from a strong early game into being able to force objectives is something that they're still working on. But I think it's tough to talk about Schalke because like, they are just a very solid, well-rounded team and they kind of lose to the very top teams, but they're, they're consistently better than everyone else right now. Andrew, you haven't gotten shock a lot, so you get to play the last two teams. Oh, baby. G2, go ahead and put those guys in D tier. <laughs> Objection! <laughs> <laughs> where, okay, where would you like to put them, Vettius? I want to put them in S tier. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, why are G2... And give me the elevator pitch. Oh. If I'm brand new to League of Legends, I have no idea what's happening. I'm very excited to see the World Championship and figure out who's going to win in Season 9. Give me the G2 elevator pitch. Oh, I'm trying to think of a good sports analogy right now. Oh, my God. It's not working. You okay. could literally pick any super sports So team. you know the Beatles. <laughs> okay, I'm following. They were really good. Ringo's not even the best pike player in the Beatles. <laughs> He's not even the best pike player on the Beatles. <laughs> but they're really good. And when you watch them play, it's like a great song. You know, it's like one of the greatest hits. And every time they play, it's a greatest hit. But then every once in a while, like... Do you know anything about the Beatles? No, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say. That's some good analogy. D-tier. Did you say D-tier? D-tier, yeah. yeah. Do you have an objection with that? I don't get to play the objection game. <laughs> Can we also just... Because like, I also just think it's important that while we give praise to some of these teams, like I like the fact that we've criticized Fnatic Splice. I know that you want to get in here and start elbowing in on G2, Vettius. Yeah, because they overcommit. But you're taking time from our last subject, so... How much do you want to flame G2? I'm just saying, G2, they overcommit. They're not a perfect team. They are infallible. They can lose games, guys. But, but that's what makes them so good. Sure, whatever. But they're not <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Limit League of Legends. I think there's a deeper conversation about what does perfect League of Legends look like right now because it feels like we were in a system that was trained by the Korean League of Legends and we still can't shake it even though it doesn't exist anymore. That said, I'll let it die. <laughs> <laughs> we're on to our last subject. Oh, you don't want to say anything about XL? Oh, right. They're always that one team that I forget and I feel bad because I shouldn't because I actually really like Jessica and Mystiques, but always forget. I mean, they have as many wins as the brand new Misfits roster. To be fair, though, the brand new Misfits roster won EU Masters, which is more international titles than Doublelift. <laughs> technically, it's not an international title. <laughs> I mean, Funny technically joke. it is because there are many nations in Europe. <laughs> so it well, is the, international. The LEC is an international Yeah, and has Doublelift ever won LEC? <laughs> That's why we win MSI. Anyway, Excel. Nice thing. Tell me their greatest strength or their greatest weakness. All right. Greatest strength is Cadrill. Okay, I really greatest like, weakness. I, uh, oh, greatest weakness right off the bat. Okay. Uh... I stick to a timer. Mickey. The greatest weakness is their teamwork. Like they teamwork. only know how to play as five. Is that an objection, sir? Well, I already used my objection on uh, G2 because he almost <laughs> put them in D tier. But I agree that they're in D tier. I just think that their biggest issue is that they only know how to play as a five-man team and teams that are better than them realize how to not do that. So I just think that they are they have very one dimension in how they play. I mean, I also just feel like once this team starts losing, like I just see Mickey go into a side lane and then I never see or hear from him again. Like they can be losing inhibitors and this has happened in like two or three games now where he's just like casually pushing out a side lane. I'm like, dude, you got to get back to base or it's like your nexus is going down. Um, so to me, it just seems like it's, it's really hard when I look at this team because 
it's not super clear like what they can do to improve because I just think we have much better teams and much better rosters in our league at the moment. I don't think you guys give Excel enough credit, but I don't get to play the game. So moving They're on. They're also one and nine. Yeah. So you don't have much of a leg to stand on. Just because a team lead uh, loses doesn't mean they lose in the way that like it's hindsight analysis to be like, oh, they've lost because of this rather than looking at the actual No, no, problems. I'm pretty confident that the, the the fact that a lot of their losses have been, let's group up and push, and then they're... Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just agreeing with the Mickey point. <laughs> oh, the Mickey point, that's fair. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. So, um, essentially, we have now this time here where normally we'd go to Twitter questions. And I did ask some Twitter questions. We want to do some rapid fire. We've got to inject some happiness. I can very quickly just start <laughs> spouting off Twitter questions for you guys to answer. Sure. Ovalie's like, who's your best JoJo character? No one cares, Ovalie. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent response. <laughs> but because I have both of the color casters, excuse me, all three of the color casters, forgot to include myself. <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, your casting team is divided into two different categories. Your play-by-play casters, who are your hype yelly men. So in the NFL, those would be the guys that are like, the 10, the 5, touchdown! And then your color casters, um, which we're supposed to provide the why something is happening. We'd be the guys in the NFL being like, yeah, he got over what the defense NFL? on the slant pass. Well, we can also, just, we can yeah, also just use League of Legends. <laughs> like, who's talking, who's yelling during team fights? Who does the replay analysis afterwards? It That's was my analogy. I'm play. the host. <laughs> Sit down. All right. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> she just vetoed us. She did. I did just... <laughs> Objection! Objection. <laughs> um, but there seems to be this perception on Reddit where uh, there's a bit of pushback about analysis versus narrative in color casting specifically. So I wanted to take the time while we have all three of us here because we never get to be all three collectively kind of talking on a platform and have this discussion. Now, the point of the discussion is not to be inflammatory. I don't want to get in a flame war with Reddit because I think Reddit can be, A, it's a community that I've been a part of for a very long time before I was a caster, and uh, B, can be an incredibly useful tool. Um, But I think it's really important to distinguish that is a tool for trying to measure certain metrics versus a final grade. At least that's how I feel. If Reddit decides they don't like a cast, while I can try to take information and use that as a development resource, that doesn't ultimately mean that I've failed my job because then why do I have Trevor? (laughs) (laughs) I turn to Trevor and if Trevor says, you have failed, then I'm like, ah, I failed that exam. But opening the floor, because I know that we've been talking about this behind scenes for a long time, where do you want to poke into this? want to first illustrate to fans um, what narrative is to us and also what analysis is to us. So in the casting world, narrative is broken down into three different categories. There's, um, there's like team analysis, which is like G2 as a team, the organization's history, the, the King's legacy meme that so many fans love to reference. Uh, that would be considered a team-wide narrative that's very centered around organizations and the team as a whole and the team's achievements. It's like a history narrative. Yes, right? So like Fnatic have a very well-established team narrative, right? You also then have player narrative, which is very specific to the players. So Reckless Perks, they have very powerful, compelling, stories behind them and that's what's associated with player narrative uh, you then also have in-game narrative now the in-game narrative is the actual story of the game so what happened at the beginning what happened in the middle and what happened in the end the so, baron steal the first blood yes and so often you'll hear casters talking about this all started when this gank bot happened and then this resulted in this and you get refreshed on the in-game narrative so those are the three core concepts of narrative that we 
you rely on. Um, and then analysis, there are also like different types of analysis in the sense of the surface level analysis, which is very much things like item builds, matchups. There are um, things like... Um, Micro. Uh, there's there's microanalysis, which is something that Crepo used to specialize in, where he would tell you at like at what levels you'd want to trade in the bot lane matchup, uh, the amount of experience that Krugs will give you in order to achieve a certain point, um, and then there's macroanalysis, which talks very much about like um, the map movements that happen within teams. Um, which is things like um, how teams utilize pressure in order to gain access to certain areas of the map, uh, setting up vision in order to think of forward plays. So these are all the things that we think of. So based on that, one of the issues that we as casters have is that when fans sit there and say that we don't do any analysis, our immediate assumption is, well, I do macro analysis, Maybe I, as, a, as Vedius the caster, doesn't actually do that much micro-analysis, but I also do a lot of surface-level analysis. So I'll talk about matchups, I'll talk about win conditions, very easy stuff, I'm a big fan of them. I also love talking about the state of the map. Uh, and my favorite thing to do is, uh, recently, is like these five-minute predictions, as I call them, which is like, what's going to happen in the next five minutes? Um, and... Um, and we do these things, right? And uh, we feel very confident that we've done them because we listen back to our cast and we're like, I hit that, I nailed that. And my favorite example is the Spice versus uh, Misfits game that happened last week where I very um, cleanly predicted the dragon fight and how Misfits would lose it if they looked to took it. Misfits went for the fight, they lost because Spice had a teleport advantage and I set this whole play up and then went into the post-match thread, and the entire discussion was around the success of Humanoid, how well Humanoid played. And because um, Humanoid did have a great game, he got a quadra kill on Akali, um, in my head I'm like, but I, I tried to give them the analysis that they wanted, the things that they seemed to be looking for I tried to give, and then when it doesn't get recognized, you're like, did I hit the right thing? Did I actually praise Humanoid enough? Am I doing the right thing? And um, it's a, it's a complicated balance where it feels like sometimes you're trying to give the people what they want and then because Reddit is the ones complaining, if they then don't acknowledge it, you don't even know if you're hitting the mark, right? Um, and it's, it's a very strange, complicated balance. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like the thing we struggle with is like perception versus reality sometimes yes. too, right? Because like you go to Reddit and that's how you understand like the perception of how you are performing as a caster and all these things. Um, but sometimes like, you know, you, you have to recognize like what that voice is. And a lot of times, like the perception you're going to hear is a lot of negativity. Um, but it's, it's something that I have a little bit of a different uh, uh, perspective on, I guess, um, coming from working on the League of Legends team because they struggle with perception issues a lot, right? And whether you're looking at like what, uh, what people think about like the performance of the balance team as they call them or the Summoner's Rift team as they would much rather you're like prefer. The, like the, the OG Jet. Like Jet just came from the balance team and everyone's like, oh yes, yeah, this yeah. is the analysis I want. You you were molded by the yeah. balance team. You were, you were born exactly. from the balance so team. So was Zale. Like Zale was, Azale a was there for well. a few months. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's not. <laughs> um, but ultimately, so like, but like the, the more clear example is like looking at like champion balance on Reddit, right? And a lot of times like people come off a bad game plan against it or they look at like metrics like win rate and stuff, but they actually don't have super accurate data, whether it's just like anecdotal experiences or it's looking at data they found on some third party site. What will often happen is that Reddit's perception of balance will be drastically different from that of like the balance team themselves because they're looking at very different data. They're like slicing it up into, you know, 
platinum and above data and then looking at like bronze through gold data, trying to like figure out like, are these champions good in high or low elo? Um, so, and, and basically what I'm trying to say here is that it can be really hard to see perception be different from reality, but doesn't mean that perception doesn't matter um, because ultimately they're the fans, yep. right? So you have to take that into account. So yeah. whether it's- that the product is made exactly, for them. Exactly, exactly. The product is made for them. And whether it's balancing a champion and being like, okay, even though we know like Akali has a low win rate or whatever, like she's really frustrating to play against and people don't like that. So we have to make changes or whether it's casting and being like, I feel like I'm hitting all these boxes, but they don't like this, this, or this about me. Yeah. Like sometimes you just have to look into those things and try to change them. Because if the message is consistent enough from Reddit, then like, Clearly, they 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 know something, you know, or or they have like a strong enough opinion, and enough people have a strong enough opinion that it's worth putting in change. And that's that's the big thing is that while Reddit might not be the beacon of truth and light, um, there's always value, and it's one of those things where um, Deficio was one of the hardest working casters that I ever knew, and he used to get a lot of hate. It's the most. It's it's become a bit of a meme where you know the his la his English has improved so much, <laughs> uh, but. Um, Deficio worked his uh, backside off to become the caster that he was. And the thing that Deficio wanted to be identified as something. And what he figured was like, I can be the smartest caster ever because I have access to all these pro players. I was a former pro. I know how to study the game. So that's all he did. And when he went, uh, uh, when he came back from work, he would just vod, 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 vod. And like, he became an expert in the craft. And then it was at the beginning of 2018. You it just was, destroy your life. It was just, it, it, he did, right? But it was at the beginning of 2018, just he and I were the only casters. Ender was supposed to come, but he didn't end up coming until summer. So it was just me and him. And he just came to me and he goes, they don't notice. They actually don't. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I've put all this time and effort in and I've built this reputation as like being a strong caster. But half the time, a lot of the things that I say, it feels like that they just don't register. It just goes straight over their heads. Like I've had more Reddit threads and more appreciations for slapping, for having my butt slapped and for making a um, subtle joke about a taxi than I have had about my actual- Subtle, you say. <laughs> than I have had about my actual like in-depth analysis. And um, the reality is that the majority of fans um, just don't appreciate it. Um, and it, it's tough because that's what Deficio loved, but the reason why, like... Um, it feels like like our game is trained... Our game trains us to rank people based on, like, how good they are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's built into League of Legends. And I feel like oftentimes when it comes to the analysis aspect, it's, like, the way that we're trained into how to create a hierarchy or a, a power status in the game and in gaming in general, and that that will be the complaint or the justification when there are, are totally problems because everyone is, no one's a perfect caster. Of we course. all have problems. I've definitely made a bunch of mistakes. My last <laughs> week of casting was, I like got off that VOD review, I was like, I had a terrible week. I'm not happy with it. For sure, it. they always happen, right? And then those are the, the weeks where you're like, great cast, I really liked it. And I was like, oh, that was good. <laughs> but also those are the ones that get holds against you forever, right? Oh, like, yeah. People still hold over me. Um, the fact that I called Brox's dash a misplay um, because he jumped to a ward. Oh, the least in play to get the extra and auto. Then he, and right. And in the moment, I remember saying, like, may have been a misclick, may have been something that I just don't know. Uh, I'll give Brox the benefit of the doubt. But people are like, how could not know this? He even made a video on it. And I'm like, I didn't watch the video. I didn't know it was the thing. I'm sorry. I now know. <laughs> but like, um, 
it's 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 challenging. And in my opinion, like Reddit has value in the sense that I agree with Endon, like if enough people say something, then there has to be some essence of truth to it. Um, but at the same time, I also think that um, a lot of the time Reddit doesn't actually listen to casters. And I think that as someone that watched a lot of esports for many years before I became a caster, um, you listen to about, for me, I listen to about five to 10% of what a caster says. And um, all that matters is the small moments that that person tunes into because that's what sticks and that's what lasts. And the reason, like, none of us have said legacy, king, or, like, anything related to that in, like, the last year. We said it, like, <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Because we're scarred. Because we keep getting that, that lashback. So we go into meetings. Like, I, the amount of times that I've gotten onto a desk with Medic, and Medic turns to me, he's like, we're not saying these words. Right. But that's my point, right? We haven't said it in years, but, like, Reddit then self-propagates because they then make references to be like, I hate the cast. There's always make references. It's like, we haven't said it in like such a long time. <laughs> like we heard you, you were right. We overdid it. So we stopped. <laughs> and, and, but then it like, it self propagates and like, it, it's, it's so challenging trying to overcome it. Um, There's also then the, the pro players. So a lot of pro players don't listen to the cast, had yes. a couple of chats with them, but they read what Reddit says. Yep. And then they get mad at the casters when in reality, Reddit is reacting to something that they perceive the casters to have said. Yep. And then when the pro, like the amount of times- It's a I've, huge game of telephone, when right? When I finish <laughs> the circle and then I like, I turn to pro player that I'm talking to, I'm like, did you listen to the cast? And then they come back like 30 minutes like, oh, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Perception is powerful. Um, and it's, it's a thing that we're all trying to battle and struggle. Um, and even though a lot of people will probably then go into this Reddit thread and like be then supportive or like say nice things and like like in a week's time it'll all be forgotten and then we'll just go back to normal because Reddit is such a big platform, half the people that even watch this won't then like the people that watch this and then comment on this are probably not the same people that go into the post-match thread and say <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because like well, what'll happen a lot is you'll get like praised for one thing and then criticized for like the same thing. But it's like two different people, mm -hmm. right? And so like when, when we read Reddit, it's really hard because it seems like it's just one voice. Yeah. But you have to remember that it's just so many people that all have very different opinions. Um, and it's like some of them upvote and downvote, some of them don't. So like what you end up seeing isn't necessarily like, it's just, it's one person out of many, many more. And then Europe has the unique stance where, what well, we had Joe and D-Man, yep. and then you had uh, Deficio and Crepo, and now you have this era of Ender came in, I transferred over, Vedius, you had to take up like the mantle of Deficio, which was always going to hurt. Like losing someone like um, Mitch and Martin is always going to hurt. Uh, but like from that perspective, do you think it is, because NA still has Jat and Kobe. Like, and Azale is, I think, also dealing with this, where I go into every dive of the dive thread, I have to read about people, like, shitting on Azale, and I'm like, Isaac's really smart. Like, do I necessarily always agree with his opinion? No, but he will be very opinionated all the time. He um, can usually always back up his opinion. Again, I might not agree with his version of analysis, but that doesn't mean that his thesis is incorrect, ultimately what he's like debating on. I just don't, I don't get it. I just think it's like but it's this also change like, thing. There's also like this pedestal system, right? Where um, I love Papa Smithy as a caster. He's a great caster, but he's also untouchable in the eyes of Reddit. He can make no mistakes. Um, and there have been times where like Papa Smithy behind closed doors have had very different 
opinions and like we've disagreed on a lot of things um and you know publicly we don't challenge each other's opinions but like many times we have different ideas about like the game and like it's like why would you open up 144 characters when you could just like yeah. ping chris yeah, and be like right? yo <laughs> um, but from the eyes of reddit like papa smithy is untouchable and he even knows himself like i've had conversations with him where he gets he does this cast where he's like he gets frustrated oh, that, that was, he can't get critical that was a terrible cast i hated it i felt like i was really bad like these are all these things that i really didn't like and then he goes on to reddit and be just like oh papa smith he's such a great caster and chris is just like oh that wasn't a good cast <laughs> it really wasn't <laughs> we were talking about lemons at one point i don't even know like <laughs> so like um it's it's one of those things where um sometimes you get escalated into like s tier where you become untouchable and there's no feedback and then sometimes you're put into like b tier where and you can never escape yeah, you can ever. Never you're like escape. trying to crawl yeah. out. I like you work super you're hard. You're like Flexius, right? Yeah. Like crawling yeah. across the ground. But I mean, I like I even think of um, me as a caster, right? And uh, it's I've carved my identity out through my personality rather than through my analysis, and it's frustrating for me because. I spent hours and hours talking to so many pros and coaches and like studying the game. And we have loads of discussions internally. I went, to, I went to a whiteboard the other day with Ender and we were like, okay, let's figure this out. So when you reset with a 050, what are the typical answers? Can we go 140? Do you do the 221? And we're just like, oh, but you've also got the 022's 100. And we're just like, oh yeah. And we were like talking for hours about this. I'm like, but how do we translate this onto a cast, right? And so, uh, and then people always remember just like, hey, you're that flexiest guy. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're I'm, flexing. I mean, like, I'm really glad that people find that funny, but um, that's not just what, what I'm good at, right? <laughs> but it's all about perception. Um, and perception is a hard thing to counter. And it's something that we're always trying to figure out how we meander. And I guess my takeaway point is that Reddit is not always wrong. I do think that, in my opinion, there's always an element of value to be gained from them, but also, like, it is a large collection of people that all have wildly different op uh, opinions, and um, it's very easy for a small perception from one person to balloon because I think the internet just doesn't like fact-checking either. Um, and it only takes one person to sit there and say, like, Frost, you disrespected Woolite. Um, and people don't listen to the VOD. People don't go back and listen to exactly what I you say. I didn't even make that call. <laughs> right? But then that one perception then lingers and it stays there and it l exists forever. Um, By the way, it reached out to a light. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not sure what else to say on it really. Ender, any closing comments? Uh, I mean, I guess my, my experience with Reddit has been sort of backwards for people because I actually... Like I came in last year and my first split, like no one even said anything. Like that I was, happens though. That yeah, happens. I was like, I was so expect. I was like, come on, here comes a flame. I'm ready for it. And I'm like, Ender's clothes don't fit. <laughs> <laughs> he looks too unprofessional. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Um, so now, so it was like it was very strange for me because I actually, like I, I was struggling too in my in my first split to like get feedback. Um, and to like try to improve. So I was just like going sort of week to week, like doing my thing. Um, and now this year, like, I don't know what's changed. I felt like I've got better, but now I'm getting flamed. Um, That's just so people notice it. You yeah, know, no, you have to go through no, the no, 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 no. I'm like, so, so now I'm like at the point where it's like, okay, cool. Now there's like those sort of like nuggets I can try to pull from it and try to try to work on myself. Um, so it's like not even necessarily like, I think it's better now that I'm getting flamed than when I wasn't getting flamed. People talk about it. Monte Cristo always said it's better to be um, 
uh, it's. I would rather people either hate me or love me rather than not talk about yeah. me because at least people are talking about me. Well, I, Monty definitely got that quote from someone else, but yes, yes, also he definitely did. <laughs> That's not a Monty quote. <laughs> Monty Cristo, twenty nineteen. <laughs> but it's funny actually because my whole cringe thing started based on what Trevor told me. And Quickshot gave me the advice in my first ever split. He said, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are, just make sure they remember your name. Uh, and then when I returned in 2017, um, people would often go, oh, the casters for Europe are Crepo, Deficio, Stress, Vedius. And so, like, that was my whole goal. You're like, I'm on the list. And, and like, now everyone knows you as Flexius and, and Chefius. Like, what happened to this advice? Yeah. You just see my shoe for yeah. It's like, Nomi is all these different people. <laughs> and with that, we will close the episode. This has been episode six, season four of E4 with my lovely guest, Vedius and Ender. Thank you and good day. Please don't flame us. <laughs> Please flame me. <laughs>